Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zukren. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetic scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time, serving to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ is our focus. Are the Gospels historically reliable? One of the most attacked books are the four Gospels of the New Testament. If the Gospels are historically accurate, the implications for all mankind is tremendous. If they are true, then Christianity is true. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zukaran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, our host, Pat, will be sharing from his weekly YouTube series, Question of the Week, in which he answers the challenges on the date and authorship of the Gospels. Aloha, and welcome again to another episode of Question of the Week, a ministry brought to you by the Honolulu Christian Church and Evidence and Answers, and we're really glad you're with us. And here at Question of the Week, we answer some of the toughest and most challenging questions asked by skeptics and seekers who are asking some challenging questions about the credibility of Christianity. And so each week we try to address some of the toughest questions and address some of the current issues of our day through a biblical worldview perspective. Today's question is this, are the Gospels historically reliable? That's the question for the week. And we're going to spend a couple weeks on this topic, are the Gospels historically reliable? Well, are the Gospels historically reliable? You know, one of the most attacked books, of course, throughout the centuries is the Bible, especially the New Testament Gospels, which tell us of the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And you know, if the Gospels are historically reliable, then Christianity is indeed true, and Jesus Christ is the unique divine Son of God who died for our sins and rose again and is the only way to eternal life. So you can see that the implications are very significant. So you can see why critics would want to attack the historical integrity of the Gospels. Now, recently, Dr. Richard Dawkins, one of the leading spokesmen of the New Atheist Movement, wrote in his book, The God Delusion, he wrote this, Ever since the 19th century, scholar, scholarly theologians have made an overwhelming case that the Gospels are not reliable accounts of what happened in history of the real world. All were written long after the death of Jesus and also after the epistles of Paul. So the assertions of skeptics and critics like Richard Dawkins and other New Testament critics they make several assertions here that the Gospels do not represent the oldest record of Christ. In fact, some will assert and say there are other Gospels that predate the four Gospels of the New Testament. And that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not eyewitness accounts. In fact, they're written decades, some say even a century or more after the lifetime of the eyewitnesses and that the Gospels have not been accurately preserved, but embellished, and myths and legends and exaggerations have creeped into the text. 
while it was passed down orally throughout the century or more. Well, three lines of evidence that we're going to look at. Not all of them today, but three lines of evidence we're going to look at. First is the date of the Gospels. Can we date the Gospels to within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses? Secondly, we're going to look at the archaeological evidence. Is there archaeological evidence to support the historical integrity of the Gospels? And finally, we're going to look at the manuscript record, the ancient manuscripts, all right? And that will determine how accurately preserved our New Testament is, especially the Gospels, all right? So the first part we are going to look at today and cover is the date of the Gospels. If we can date them to within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses, that builds a strong case for their historical reliability. And I'll explain why later. Well, when you look at the evidence, contrary to the critics, many New Testament scholars believe that the evidence shows that the Gospels were written well within the first century, well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. For example, noted New Testament scholar F.F. F. Bruce, perhaps one of the greatest New Testament scholars of modern times, wrote this. And he states that there is strong evidence that the New Testament was completed before the end of the first century and that most of the New Testament writings were written down 20 to 40 years before this. Liberal theologian and the leader of the Death of God movement, the liberal theologian Bishop Robinson, after all of his lifetime of study and critique of the New Testament. And remember, he's a liberal here. He ended up writing a book called Redating the New Testament. And he ended up concluding after his lifetime of study that the Gospels were written and completed by 65 AD. All right, that's well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. Now, what kind of evidence do we have to support the early dates of the Gospels? Well, first, you know, one of the things that scholars and archaeologists and historians look at is the document itself. This is called the internal evidence, all right? And the internal evidence indicates that indeed we have good evidence that the Gospels were written well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. Now, these are the traditional dates of the Gospels. Many believe that Mark was written first, about 60 AD. Matthew and Luke follow being written about 70 AD. And John is the last Gospel, being written about 90 to 95 AD, at the end of the Apostles' lives. The internal evidence supports that, indeed, the Gospels are written very early, well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. One of the most powerful evidence is that in the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record the prophecy of Jesus who predicted the fall of the Jerusalem temple there in Mark chapter 13 and Matthew chapter 24. However, they never record the fulfillment of this important prophecy. Now, it's very strange that these three Gospels predict the fall of the most important structure in the history of the nation of Israel. They record Jesus' prophecy of its destruction, but never record its fulfillment, which occurred in 70 AD. Now remember, many of the Gospels, for example, Luke, you have these couplings where Luke records a prophecy made by Jesus, and then its fulfillment. Then he records it 
another prophecy and its fulfillment. But when it comes to the prophecy of the Temple of Jerusalem, he never records its fulfillment, nor do Matthew or Mark. That's very strange. All right. This is the most important structure in the history of the nation of Israel. Even to this day, even though the temple is not there, it's still the most important structure in the history of the nation of Israel. And they're looking forward to its rebuilding. Well, why is it that the gospel writers never record the fulfillment of the destruction of the temple? The vast majority of New Testament scholars agree. The reason they did not record the fulfillment of this prophecy is that the Gospels were completed before the destruction of the temple, which occurred in 70 AD. Now, to present further evidence, the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, which was written after the Gospel of Luke, in the book of Acts, the temple still plays a key part in the life of Jewish society. So when Luke completes the book of Acts, the temple is still standing. He doesn't record anything about the Jewish war that led to the destruction of the temple or the destruction of the temple. So Acts is written before 70 AD. Now Matthew and Luke precede the book of Acts. Now we're moving the timeline even more forward. And most scholars agree Mark, or if you take other views, Matthew precedes those Gospels, and now we're moving the timeline even closer now to the, the time of Christ, the time of the resurrection. Why is it they do not record the destruction of the temple in Acts or the Gospels? It's because they were completed before the destruction of the temple. For example, if you got a book on the history of New York City, and you open the first page and it's missing, so you don't know when this book was written, but you go through the book, and uh, you get to the last page and there's no mention of 9-11. And you look at the last picture on the last page and the Twin Towers are still standing. The World Trade Center is still standing. No mention of President Bush, no mention of Governor Pataki, no mention of Mayor Giuliani or the events of 9-11. Everything ends and there's no mention of 9-11 or the events that precede or immediately follow it. What would you immediately conclude? Well, you'd conclude this book of the history of New York is completed before 9-11-2001. That's a reasonable conclusion. That's what you have here. Now, we have further evidence that the book of Acts is written even before 62 AD. Why? Well, once again, no mention of the fall of Jerusalem or the Jerusalem temple mentioned in 70 AD. No reference to the Jewish war that led to the destruction of the nation of Israel and the temple, which began in 66 AD. No mention of that. No mention of Nero's severe persecution of the Christians. No mention of the death of the Apostle Paul, who we know died in 65 AD. And no mention of the death of Peter, who we also know died in 65 AD. Now, isn't that interesting? that Peter and Paul are the two main characters in the book of Acts. And of your two main characters, Luke never records their death. He records the death of lesser individuals, uh, such as James and Stephen, who is a deacon. But of his two main characters, Peter and Paul, he never mentions their death. In fact, at the end of the book of Acts, in the final chapter, how does it end? It ends with Paul under house arrest. Very strange ending there, all right? But he never mentions the death of Paul, who died in 65 AD. Why? Because the book of Acts was completed before the death of Paul. 
The death of James, the leader of the church, is not mentioned in the book of Acts. And that's very significant. According to Josephus, we know that uh, James, the leader of the church, was killed in 62 AD in Josephus' books, the Antiquities. Therefore, we can conclude that Acts was probably written before 62 AD, probably 60 AD. Let's just give it a nice round number. Well, remember, the Gospel of Luke precedes the book of Acts, and the Gospel of Matthew and Mark precede the Gospel of Luke. All right, so you're talking about 20 years after the resurrection, well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. Finally, the majority of New Testament scholars, skeptics, critics, liberals, and conservatives, believe that Paul's epistles were written between 45 and 60 A.D. Now, that's significant because in 1 Timothy 5.18, this is Paul's, one of Paul's last letters written from prison here. In 1 Timothy 5.18, Paul quotes the Gospel of Luke. All right? So, before Paul's death, he quotes the Gospel of Luke. He knows that the Gospel of Luke is inspired scripture. And he quotes it along with a passage from Deuteronomy, treating the Gospel of Luke equal in authority and inspiration as the Old Testament. So now we're really moving up the timeline here to within 20, maybe even earlier, all right, to the resurrection of Christ. So this is well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. And then we have external evidence, manuscript evidence, all right? We have over 5,000 ancient Greek manuscripts that we can date to within a few years of the author's life. For example, the Chester Beatty Papyri contains most of the New Testament dated about 250 AD. Now remember, they don't have typewriters or computers. They've got to handwrite these copies to handwrite copies of many of the books of the New Testament and collate it took a long time. So the originals were probably well before 250 AD. The Bodmer Papyri contains most of the Gospel of John. That's dated about 200 AD. And then we have fragments. One of the most important is the Rylands Fragment, which is a fragment of the Gospel of John, which was found in Egypt dated about 120 AD. Now remember, this is a copy of the Gospel of John. So the original was written in modern-day Turkey and then copied and copied and copied and copied until it got down to Egypt where we find this copy of the Rylands Fragment dated in 120 AD. So if you go backwards, the original was probably written a few decades before 120 AD. And finally, another line of evidence are the Church Fathers. The Church Fathers, many who knew the Apostles, quote the Gospels in their writings. For example, Clement of Rome, writing to the Corinthian Church in 90 AD, quotes from the Gospels and other parts of the New Testament. Papias, a disciple of John, quotes from the Gospels, and he's writing in about 110 AD. Ignatius, the Bishop of Antioch, in many of his letters, he quotes from the Gospels, and he's writing in about 115 AD. Polycarp, a disciple of John, is quoting from the Gospels, and he writes in about 120 AD. So the church fathers of the late 1st and early 2nd century are already quoting the Gospels as authoritative, inspired works. 
So you can see that the Gospels are already circulating, the church fathers are familiar with it, and they're quoting them as inspired scripture. So from all the evidence, we can reasonably date the Gospels well within the first century, well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses. The early dating is important for several reasons. Number one, the closer the date to the author, the more accurate your record, all right? Because the eyewitnesses are still alive when these Gospels are circulating and they can attest to the accuracy of these Gospels. Remember, when these Gospels are spreading, Christianity is, not, is still an outlawed religion in the Roman Empire and a severely persecuted faith there in the early first century. And were there critics? You bet they were. All right, people persecuting and killing Christians. If what the gospel writers were preaching and teaching and the things that they had written about in the gospels were not true, the eyewitnesses who are still alive could have easily, easily discredited their account and the gospels would not have lasted until this day. Second of all, we know, according to historical works, it takes about 80 to 100 years, two to three generations, for legends and myths and exaggerations to start coming into the text. Why is that? Well, all the eyewitnesses who can verify your accounts as true or false have to pass on from the scene. However, the Gospels being written so early in the lifetime of the eyewitnesses, the dates show it's way too early, way too early for legends to creep into the text. So we can date the Gospels to within perhaps 10 to 30 years after the resurrection, well within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses here. And that builds a strong case for the historical reliability of the Gospels. Now we'll get to archaeology and manuscript next week because right now we want to get to a couple questions here if we can. Here's one question that came in. And remember, if you've got questions, please send them to me at pat at evidenceandanswers.org. Okay, pat at evidenceandanswers.org. Here's one of the questions. Who are the authors since their names don't appear on the original manuscripts until in the second century. So how do we even know Matthew wrote Matthew or Mark, Luke wrote Mark, on and on, okay? In fact, Bart Ehrman, uh, this guy's probably reading Bart Ehrman, in his book also makes this case. And he states here, the Gospels were written 35 to 65 years after Jesus' death, not by eyewitnesses, but by people living later. Where did these people get their information from? After the days of Jesus, the people started telling stories about him in order to convert others to the faith. When Christians recognized the need for apostolic authorities, they attributed these books to apostles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and close companions like Mark and Luke. Because our surviving Greek manuscripts provide a wide variety of different titles for the Gospels, textual scholars have long realized that their familiar names, the Gospel according to the Matthew, do not go back to a single original title, but were added later by scribes. So that's the criticism here given by critics like Bart Ehrman. Well, let's take a look at this. It is true that many of the earliest fragments that we have are indeed fragments or just parts of the gospel. We do not have full intact gospels until the second century AD. That's correct. So we don't know if indeed these oldest manuscripts, these oldest fragments had titles on them. We don't know that. The earliest manuscripts we have that are intact have the author's names ascribed to them, right? But the very earliest ones 
they probably, you know, wore off over the many decades and years. So the critics are correct that uh, the names of the authors don't appear till the second and third century. However, all the manuscripts that we have found are all consistent, all right? We've never found any anonymous copies of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. In fact, when the earliest manuscripts with names on them are consistent. Matthew is Matthew, Mark is Mark, Luke is Luke, John is John. We've never found anonymous copies of these manuscripts. Bart Ehrman says that there's a wide variety of different titles for the Gospels. Well, he has overstated his case here. The wide variety is the title of the Gospels, and it's either according to Matthew, according to Mark, or the Gospel according to Matthew, the Gospel according to Mark, the Gospel according to Luke. That's the wide variety we have here. According to or the Gospel according to. We do not have a wide variety of names on the manuscripts of the Gospels that we have found. They're all consistent. From the earliest manuscripts that have names on them, uh, it says according to Matthew or the Gospel according to Matthew, the Gospel according to Luke. If the Gospels were fabricated later, all right, and we didn't know who the authors are, we would expect to find a wide variety of authors from the different manuscripts from Europe, Asia, and Africa. Remember back then, churches around the world could not communicate rapidly with one another. And if they did not know who the authors of these Gospels were, and they just put names on, you would expect to find a variety of names on the manuscripts we have found from around the world. However, from the earliest manuscripts that have names on them, they are consistent, right? They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've not seen a variety of different names attributed to, to these Gospels. They are consistent in the earliest manuscripts we have from around the world. And finally, think about this, all right? If we did not know who the authors were, let's just say it's true. We didn't know who the authors were. These were anonymous writings that began circulating. And then a couple centuries later, we decided, well, let's put some names to these. Who would you want on these Gospels? Who would you want? Well, you would probably pick some high-profile person like Peter or James or Thomas, all right? It's strange to pick an obscure person like Mark. Mark wasn't even one of the 12 disciples there. He wasn't even part of the ruling council there in Jerusalem. That's a strange choice to pick. Or why would you pick Luke? Luke is a doctor. He's also not part of the 12, right? Or why would you pick Matthew, the despised tax collector? You, you would probably pick a more high-profile individual. And you know what? That's indeed what we have in the later forgeries. The Gnostic Gospels that are forgeries that are written in the late 2nd century, 3rd, 4th centuries, these alleged Gospels, you find what? The Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Thomas. You even find the Gospel of Mary. All right? They're picking more high-profile people here. So there's a sense of authenticity when it comes to the authorship of the Gospels in these people whom they are picking. Why are they picking people like Mark and Luke and Matthew? These aren't very high-profile kinds of people here that could easily 
be criticized, probably because it's authentic. It's probably these are indeed who are the original authors of the Gospels, right? So the fact that they're written very early attests to the historical accuracy of the Gospels here, and the fact that the manuscripts are consistent. We don't find a wide variety of names here attests that these are probably we can conclude with reasonable accuracy, these are probably indeed the authors of the Gospels. Well, that was a pretty long question there, so I think we'll have to end it there for this week. But keep sending your questions in at pat at evidenceandanswers.org, and we're going to continue our short series here on the historical reliability of the Gospels. Right? So remember to hit the subscribe button or hit the like button here, and we look forward to seeing you here next week on Question of the Week. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners, for the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online. You will also find that we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucker. Oh, 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 oh,